Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome back to the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. We're on episode 101, the Hebrew Congregation of Houston, episode 101. We had a, a, a great drawing last week. Uh, some people were blessed. Uh, we asked that you share our episode. Send me your email address. And so every once in a while, we'll have these drawings and send me your email address so uh, you can be entered. And But most of all, you can log on uh, any opportunity you have and uh, hear the word of God. And so uh, Yahweh still sits on the throne. And so I'm Easter. I'm going to do a short little Easter keeping it real. And I want to talk about signs. And when you think about signs, and let me give you the definition because I always like to give the definition of signs. Signs is a gesture or action used to convey information or instructions, right? Signs is also an object, quality, or event whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence of occurrence or something else. So when you think about signs, you'll say, okay, when you drive up to a sign, uh, United States has taught us that you're gonna stop, you're gonna go, we learn what these signs mean, right? And so there's, there's signs like, for instance, my dog is having seizures now. So that's a sign that what his life is about to come to. And my dog is 16 years old. And I got to be in a realization that, you know, when I took him over to the vet, he's having signs that at some point, I'm going to have to go ahead and, and put him to sleep. So there's signs that go on in our life. So we, we, uh, God doesn't leave us what ignorant, the lack of knowledge. God doesn't leave us blind that things are about to happen. So let's go to scripture. If we go to Matthew 24, and we go to Matthew 24, and I'm going to start, we'll go ahead and start with three. And it says, The signs of time at the end of the age. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, and disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us. When will these things be? And what will the signs of your coming at the end of the age? And Yahshua answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. So that's what, that's some false prophets he's talking about. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and he will deceive many. All right. And then it says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing that now, right? Wars and rumors of wars. They're trying to say the United States is not involved, but we are, because once China get involved, we definitely going to be involved. We're involved now because we're helping people. All right. And then they see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He said, for nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be famine, pestilence, which is what? Those plagues. And there's famines, which we know that that's here too, right? And plagues and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. We're at the beginning of it. And it's all biblical. We've done our 400 years here in Egypt. The signs are here of the plague and mother nature. She's wrecking. She's wrecking things. We hear every time we look on the news, there's floods and earthquakes and things taking place. The signs are already here. And it says that's the, begin the beginning. Dow Jones is about to crash. We know that's the famine right there. We have the signs that are here, uh, what's going on. Are you gonna recognize the signs? 
Are you going to do something different before the end of time? That's the question you want to ask yourself. It's time for a change. We know that um, we get on here every Saturday and we're telling you, we're not asking you for anything. We're not passing no plate around. We're just here to tell you what Yahweh and Yahshua wants us to deliver. The signs are here. But he said his spirit is going to reign upon his people. We are his people. We are the Hebrew Israelite. We are not the end. We, we, we are not in the back. We are, we are his people. We are the first. Okay? We have power. And that's what we get on here every week and we tell you. Now, what are we going to do different, Easter? I'm glad you asked. We have Rosh Hashanah coming up, our new year. Okay? So that's our new year, September 25th through the 27th. We know the pagan holiday tomorrow, Father's Day. You can, you can take your father to dinner anytime. You can worship your father anytime. But what about your heavenly father? He says, keep my day, my Sabbath day holy. That's worshiping him every week, right? Keeping his Sabbath day holy. His feast days. That's what we get on here. That's how you move forward. What are we supposed to do? We say it every week. So Rosh Hashanah is September 25th through the 27th, the new year. And then we have Yom Kippur, which is our atonement, October 1st through the 2nd. Keep that on your calendar. Try something new. You've tried everything else. Okay. And so I'm going to play a quick song and then we're going to go in, in, into our word. And so... Uh, like I said, share, send us your email address. We'd love for you to join us. Let's give God some praise. We thank you, Lord, for another day. This song is Revelation 19. We do not own any rights to this song. We thank you for another day, Yahweh. He didn't have to, but he did it for us. He has not forgotten you. Hallelujah. The highest praise. Salvation and glory. I dare you to sing it. Honor and power. He loves you. by chance that you're still here. You have experienced the Passover already. If you're watching this, just say hallelujah. Praise him.
my spirit, you gotta listen to it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Another opportunity, another day for us to get it right. Are there? Are you going to follow them? Are you going to wake up? This people has awakened. We know our identity. Thank you. He wants you at your lowest. So we're going to go into our parashah. So our parashah uh, for last week that I had given you was Numbers 8 through 12. So Numbers 8 through 12 up to the 16th verse. Now our new parashah, and that's our reading for the week. You need to study this. So when the rabbi comes on and we thank God for rabbi and our first lady, uh, Coda Lisa, being back from their cruise, uh, he when he preaches and he teaches on this you'll know what he's talking about so our new parish is numbers chapter 13 through 15 up to the 41st verse chapter 13 through 15 up to 4 1 the 41st verse okay and so the interesting thing about this parish i just want to say real quick uh that we just read the one in um chapter 12 talks about uh aaron and Miriam. They were having a little side talk, like basically hating on Moses. So I'm at living. They were hating on Moses, talking about why he always getting the vision. Why can't we get the vision? You know what Yahshua did? You know what Yahweh did? He turned her leprosy. Leprosy is what white. Everybody's like, oh, you know, black is bad. That's what the United States has taught us. No, he turned her white as a punishment and put her out to camp for seven days. Are we not reading? Do we not see it? 
White was the one, the color that was the bad. White was the leprosy, which means what? If he turned her that, that means she was black. Come on, y'all. That means she was dark. That means she was my color. And she got put out the camp for seven days and he turned her white and she was like, please. And then Moses was like, please. And he pled for them. Like I said, I'm ad-libbing. And, and then the Lord had mercy and said, we won't put her out for seven days. Then we, we'll let her back in. Hmm, interesting. But anyway, I ain't here to teach. That's rabbi job. I just, I just, I, I just be reading and it become a life to me. Every time, and we go through the, 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 uh, the Torah, which is the first five books. And every year we just keep going through them again. I find something new every time. Because what I'm evolving, that's why. The revelation is meaning something every time I read it. I can read it a hundred times and that's gonna mean the same thing it did the first time. And that's what you have to do, evolve our people. That being said, we thank you, Rabbi Shalom. Um, we thank you for coming on. Um, we thank you that you're, you're back from your trip and that you're safe. We love you. And you go ahead and you can take it over. Okay, well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. And it, it is good to be back again in the house. The young folk would say in the his house, <laughs> back in the house. The cruise was nice. Can y'all hear me? Yes, yes. It was nice. It's, it's always a good way to get away with family and to, to just be out. I love the water anyway. Uh, but we're here this morning and, and we're going to, with the help of the Most High and this, the Ruach HaKodesh, we will just uh, discuss this parashah. Or as Akota Easter said, as she gives you the the upcoming, the coming uh, parashah, you should study it through the week. There's a reason for that. That's so that we can have discussion, right? And, and you can continue to build upon uh, your knowledge and the things that you need to do in your life uh, and to be an example to those that are around you uh, in obedience to our contract agreement. For remember that everything that we study throughout the scripture has its basis or its foundation in the first five books. The first book being the book of Genesis lays the foundation for all physics and all the laws of mathematics for healing, for deliverance. All of those things are, or for covenant, all those things are laid out in Bereshit or the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, hence its name, beginnings. And so it's important that you know that because as you see light and dark, days of week versus the Sabbath, male and female, the building of nations, all of these principles are laid down. And if you know those principles, you will not get caught up in the things of the world and get caught up in the politics of the world, which oftentimes runs contrary to what is written in our contract agreement. And we understand that we're here in Babylon or we're in the world system and we're, we've been born under the land, in the land of our captors who, by the way, do everything opposite of our contract. And they 
try to involve us into it and to indoctrinate us into the world's, into their world, into their laws, to distract us from who we are and, and where we belong. Male and female. You build a nation with male and female. You don't build a nation with male and male and female and female. Nations are built and the structure is laid down in the Torah. I just wanted to put that out there. I have to because I get sick of seeing some things uh, as I go and I saw where uh, one of the countries banned the US, one of the movies that came in there because of the things they had in there that were contrary to what is in the Torah. And I agree with them and I applaud them for that. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm trying to get my family out of this system as quickly as I possibly can, as far away as we possibly can, at least give them a chance to return to the Torah and its principles uh, for the coming destruction that is the thing that is coming here in this land. Uh, destruction doesn't necessarily mean obliteration where you're not living. It means you're living there, but you're really not thriving and you're not happy there, okay? Because of, of your surroundings and the things that happen. So in this parashah today, <clears throat> in this eighth chapter in the book of, of Numbers, it starts off, I'm not going to, by the way, I'm not going to share my screen. I'm just going to read because you have your Torah. You should have your, your, your Torah scrolls or, or your Bibles, whatever it is. They should be pretty close uh, in the translation so that we are able to um, share in this word. So in, 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 in this lighting, bringing forth of light, this... Uh, this teaching begins with Moshe Rabbeinu and, and the Lord speaking to Moses concerning the, the Levites lighting the lamps. It's, it's very interesting uh, because some of these are, are symbolic and they mean spiritual things. Um, and we have to understand that, that, that the Bible is written in a way that we can understand spiritual things and how they are attached to the, the spirit, the, the natural realm and the spiritual realm are attached to each other. I, I'm trying to explain this in a way and I'm trying to do this so that you can understand it without getting too, too um, esoteric or spiritually involved because I don't want to, to frighten uh, those that are not in, uh, uh, aware of and are not attuned to spiritual teachings. Uh -huh. uh, so I, I'm trying to keep it as simple as I possibly can um, in, in these teachings. So um, I'm going to read just a little bit. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and, and say to him, when you light the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. And so it's telling about illumination and telling about you know, when you look at a, a menorah, you look at the basic construction of a, of a menorah and the seven lamps. And these things mean something. These have a spiritual significance and we have to be aware of that. Um, and so, again, you know, it talks about the seven candlesticks in the book of Revelation and things of that nature, but this is dealing with a people. Okay, this is dealing with a specific people. All right. 
and that people is Israel. And Israel, meaning everyone who has attached themselves and are going toward the kingdom of God. Okay? That's what that's talking about. And we have to understand that. And so a lot of times we're taught things that are contrary. Or we're, we're led to believe that it's something else. But I want you to understand that it is talking about the children of Israel and the Shekinah, which is the anointing of God, resting upon the children of Israel. And through the spiritual leaders, the Levites or the, are there to bring forth or to, to manifest the light on the children of Israel in order to get it to the rest of the nation. We have to understand that. That's what's going on, okay, in the scriptures. And when it says, let your light so shine, and he said that you are a priest, he's talking about you who are going to him, who have entered into the contract agreement and who live by that contract agreement. It says, we have to understand that when we're talking Torah, we're actually talking about the tree of life, which is actually what it is talking about in the garden. Mm -hmm. Okay. Talking about the garden, meaning in the life, in the families, in the communities of those that are going to God. Our teachings are based upon the tree of life, which is, again, talking about the Torah, who, who lays out the laws and the precepts that we are to live by. And that's keeping it in its simplest form the simplest form that I possibly can. Maybe it can get a little simpler. Maybe someone else can explain it a little better. So, 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 so I say that to stress the fact that anyone that will tell you you don't need the Tanakh, the Old Testament, run from it because you need it. You need it, okay? It is where you find your foundation that you cannot stray from. And we and you have to understand that because of the, where we live today. I'm saying this so much because it, it is bothering so much of all the stuff that I'm seeing in the media and, and, and the way that people are defending it. People have a right to life, liberty, and, and the pursuit of happiness, but you don't have the right to force it upon me and my family, okay? and trying to corrupt the rest of the world with, a, with, with your spirit that you're trying to come in from the other side, trying to blend it in with the tree of life. We have to guard against that. And that's why we, we are that light. We are a part of that light that is talking about in this, in this book of numbers. We have to understand that, that light and what we are to do how we are to, to use that light to destroy the works of the other side. Okay. That power has been given to us and not to any other people. Those of us who have accepted the contract agreement and have decided to live by it, that's what it's for. And that's what this book, these teachings are all about. In this book, in this parashaw, beginning with the light is showing us something, okay? And then it goes on. Let me get my, let me get this Torah out here. 
it goes on. It's, it's so interesting because in this eighth chapter, it ends, the ending of that chapter, it talks about the Levites, the retirement of the Levites. We're in Numbers 8. Mm -hmm. We're still in Numbers 8, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're still in Numbers 8. And we're at the end of it. We're down at the 20, about the 24th verse. Mm -hmm. And it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses again. So remember, in the beginning, we all have the, the light is poured upon us, but we have the, the spiritually, our, our rohim, our shepherds, which are in fact supposed to be our, our priests, our Levites, those that stand before us. And then we are in, in turn supposed to be a light to the rest of the nations. But it says there's, there's something he placed here in this eighth chapter. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this is that which belongs to the Levites from 25 years and upward. They shall, uh, upper, and, and it says, they shall go in to wait upon the service of the tent of meeting. And from the age of 50 years, they shall go out of the ranks of the service and shall serve no more, but shall minister with their brethren, their brothers in the tent of meeting to keep the charge and shall do no service. Thus shall thou do the Levites as regards to their charge. You know, the Levites, one of the major things that the Levites did was they, they, they sang the songs. One of the things they did, they sang. They were singers, you see. But at, at the age, if you notice that people that are singers uh, in the music industry, when they top that 50 age and they start going up, they, their voices are not the same. They don't care. The anointing is there, but there's a certain forcefulness that is, that is lacking. Is that, why, is that why I can't sing, Rabbi? Sing. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I, <laughs> I never been able to no. sing, but go ahead. I, they, they you you believe 50, but go ahead. Yeah. Just put your finger in your ear and just hold your tune. <laughs> you can sing, okay? That way you can hear yourself and you know how to you sort of prolong that tune, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, so you can sing, right? Somebody just have to instruct you on what. Oh, but do. I know I can't. It's the ones who don't know they can't that sing is bad. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. So the Levites, you know, and and Levites, you know, that anointing is is on that tribe, right? But when they get to that certain age, just pull the back it up and let the younger ones take over, right? So that's this is a, this is telling us something about the strength. And Moses, that didn't pertain to Moses, by the way. Moses, a hundred years old, still had his strength, but he wasn't a Levite, right? He had he he appointed Levites and 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 the priesthood, but he still had his. When he left, he just left. He didn't, you know. He just said, "Okay, the father said, oh, it's your time. You're not going." But the Levites, again, getting back to that, we're supposed to, as we get to a certain age, we're supposed to back up. And allow the younger, fresh legs to come up. You hear me say that a lot of times. Fresh legs. You need some fresh legs. People that come in that have been trained, not just anybody off the street, but they've been trained. We are to train uh, the upcoming, uh, you know, the leadership trains the upcoming leadership. And this is portrayed actually um, in the chapters coming up. Because we remember in the next chapter, what does it talk about in the next chapter? Okay, it's, it starts, I believe that in that ninth chapter, right after retirement, right? Right after retirement, uh, 
the second Passover. You had the second Passover, right? Where mm -hmm. people are defiled and they can't go uh, into it. So they set up, again, set up for that, make a way for them to be able to do that because they were defiled with the body or whatever it was, right? So they have to wait. So we do that, but it, it gives, lays that out. And, and it talks about, and then we move in to, um, I'm looking for, what I'm looking for is, um, yeah, that's later on. Actually, that comes later on. But, but there comes a, um, a passing on of anointing. Let me just talk about that. The passing on of, of your anointing, of our, the ministerial anointing. And their point, and, and the anointing, that spirit, your anointing is poured upon the people that come after you that are going to take in your stead. That's probably the 12th chapter or something. At the end of the at the end of the teaching, by the way, but I I needed to get that because you have to be careful who you allow to lay hands on you. Remember, even in the priesthood, they laid hands on the priest, and and they laid hands on the on the the trans. There's a transference of spirit or transference of sins off of them into the to something else. People transfer things to you when they lay hands on you. What do you think those folk were doing to to the enslaved people in this country? They were put they want to put their hands on your baby's head. Don't let them folk put their pants, people put their hands on your baby's head. I was just reading a, a, a I was just reading in the Talmud this week. I'm, I'm sharing some things with y'all because we're here, we're family, right? I'm gonna share some things with you. It's gonna get out over the airways and they need to hear it. I'm reading there in the Talmud and it says, and it's talking about in Yevamos, Yevamos, let's talk about, you know, a, a transfer of, of wealth through marriage of, of when the wife died, when the husband died, she goes to the marriage of the son. But in there, in this teaching, it's talking about the children of Israel and it talks about those that are converts. Is that the converts can rule over the converts, but they can't rule over the Israelites. And then it says about the Israelites, it says, and you know, the scripture says that the Israelites are not supposed to have a king over them that is not of their people. But the Israelites can rule over the converts. The converts cannot rule over us. You have to know who you are, right? And so I don't, in other words, somebody that is not of your, of, of, of our believing that are not keeping Torah has no business putting their hands on our children's heads. Mm. They want to put their hands on their head. I know what they're doing. And now you know what they're doing. They're transferring sin on your children. And you start wondering why your children start acting in certain ways. It caused some of them devils that put them, Put that spirit on them. We have to we have to fight against that. And we have to understand what's going on. In the slave days, they all them folk, them slave masters, want to put their hand on our children's head, and then our children come up to be homosexual. We're dealing with it today. They come thieves and liars and murderers. That was transferred to them oftentimes by the demons that are in this country. You know, I'm talking some stuff that's spiritual. Yo, <laughs> let me back it up a little bit. <laughs> Don't let anybody put their hands on your children's head. Uh -huh. Especially when they're young. Guard your children. People want to say, let me put my hands on. No, no, that's okay, fine. You know, no, no. And if they, they look at your funny and say, well, you know, it is what it is, right? We don't let anybody rule over us. And if when you and we have to be, and we have this thing, problem, we have this problem because we've been brought up in this 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 country. And we'll go to anybody's church. Let anybody rule over us in their church. And you look around, you see Africans in those other churches. We really don't have any business there. 
But when you know Torah, if you know Torah, it says don't let somebody not, not of your people rule over you. People gonna tell me, well, he's a bigot. Yeah, well, you know what? Say what you wanna say. He's, he's a racist. Well, I'm a racist. I'm for the children of Israel. So yeah, call me a racist. Your Messiah Jesus was a racist. And he said it. Well, they be in my inbox calling me all kinds of stuff. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. He said it. Said, so yeah, call me one. Because if you I study said, well, the Torah. To set you yeah. free who we are. Yeah. We have to know who we are. And I'm telling you who you are. You are not you know who you are, Torah. you know why they hate you. Let those people that don't keep Torah. And listen to what I'm saying. People that do not keep Torah, do not obey the Sabbath, do not keep the feast, have no business ruling over you spiritually. And you should not be married. I said, it said, be not unlooked. I'm going to use a, a New Testament quote. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. If you're not keeping Torah, if you're not obeying the feast, you're an unbeliever. Right? Now, then again, you can come into the Torah. You can come back to the Torah. You see? You can come back and then you'll be fine. But as long as you're outside the Torah, not keeping the feast, not keeping the, especially the Sabbath, if you're not a Sabbath keeper, People, you need to go back and, you, and you're reading, when you read these parashah, you'll see those things, the, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh will, will, will pour down illumination on you. And when you understand the crowning, Binah, and, and the Chokmah, y'all don't understand that stuff, see, because y'all don't come to Torah classes out there. I'm talking about the general public. Those that come to Torah class know what I'm saying, Keter, when I say crowning, when I'm talking about uh, and Binah, you understand that when I'm talking about wisdom and, and understanding, that's all I'm saying, you see? These things we have to get from the Torah, all right? Um, and understand the foundation of them and why these, that, why these uh, parashah are so important to us, right? Okay, so, so, so we say, okay, so the Levites retired and uh, before they retired, they pass on the anointing to the next, level of people that's right that's right we do that we pass it over to we we send it out you know when i was in the churches of god in christ listen at this and i was uh, um uh anointed under bishop uh henderson southeast central they laid hands on us when we were being ordained into the ministry in the churches of god in christ. They, they, they in other words they were transferring an anointing over to us but you, and 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 you know something when when they pass it over that anointing if any if you know anything about the holiness church the only thing that i have is that they're being brought up in this country uh, do not know about or do not stress keeping the sabbath they know about the sabbath but do not keep it because of the the, the christian doctrine but when you have the anointing on you, when you're exposed to the truth of the Torah and you allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to operate, you will return to the Torah and you will begin to keep the Sabbath. The anointing will allow you to go wherever you want to go because the spirit of the, sub, the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, you can do right or you can do wrong with that anointing. And we see it every day. Uh -huh. So it's up to you when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, as they call it, or you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's up to you to go back to the beginning 
Bereshit bara Elohim. Go back to the beginning where God created everything and begin to study again and listen to the spirit as he, because there's a unity of the spirit. Everything that we teach here at Hebrew congregation, everything we teach here is based on the Torah. If it does not agree with the Torah, we won't teach it. And in fact, it's so that we will read directly from the Torah so that you can see that it is coming from the Torah. Okay? You see? So it's so important. When you are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, go back to the Torah, especially if you say you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Go back to the Torah and start all over again. And listen to the Spirit. Because there's going to be war going on in there. But if it doesn't line up what is laid in the foundation, then you have to put it to the side and stay with the foundation. That's what will keep you straight. That's when you begin to flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. For those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, that's what the scripture said, right? That's in the New Testament. But I, and then you go back to the foundation, like here in this parish, it says the anointing. He said, I'll put my spirit upon this 70, the, uh, in the 12th chapter, the 70, he put his spirit upon it, put the anointed on it, and they went out. They were actually, they were prophesying in the camp. You see? That's Numbers 11 and 16. I was just Numbers looking 16. at that. Mm-hmm. The prospering, and they were, they were in, the, the anointing is on them. The transfer of power was on them. They had it. Mm-hmm. They had it not to the same extent as most of them because they were limiting themselves. By the way, we limit ourselves, right? We limit ourselves. When the poor, when he pours out the spirit, he pours it out. We are the limiters, right? Yeah. So, so you know, when you get that, then go back to the Torah and begin to follow what the Torah says. This is the blueprint of returning to the Torah, returning to keeping the Sabbath and operating in the contract agreement. It's so simple. It's so simple. And I'm, and again, if you if you're in a congregation, you know, just let the Torah, let the Spirit guide you. We, you know, the Spirit of Mashiach operates in all of Israel. There's some things I want, you know, that I would love to to just lay it out to you about. Let me let me see. No, I better leave that alone. I better leave that alone. I was going to go into some spiritual things, but I'm going to leave that alone. That's for Tuesday nights. That's for my student in that class. So, so you know, uh, in the 11th chapter, let me go to the 11th chapter, people complained to Moses. That's what we call what, uh, when uh, Easter said, that's when they, they, you know, they were crying about food and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, says, the the one, they were like, we don't have the onions. Yeah. We don't have, <laughs> yeah. We don't, yeah. We got to get some greens, collard greens and stuff, you know. When the people complained, uh, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt amongst them and consumed them that, uh, that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. You know, you know what? And the people cried unto Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire was quenched. You know, a lot of times that I found, we get some stuff going on that, you know. But I want you to understand this. Verse 14, 11 of, Numbers chapter 11 and 14. Uh-huh. It says, and the mixed multitude 
was amongst them and, and fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, who should give us flesh to eat? So what happens is when, whenever you have a congregation of people, a community of people, that mixed multitude of those that we are at different levels of faith, different levels of trust. If we allow those that, uh, that don't have that certain level of trust to lead us, they can oftentimes take us back into uh, um, bondage. So we have to be aware of that, right? And when we see that, we have to make the correction in, in, before it gets too far because it can cause us to stumble, it can cause us to fall, right? So you understand that, that mixed multitude and they would complain about the food they eat and people go complain when you're in leadership position, you have to find out who it is and you have to, to strengthen those people. You don't wanna kick them out or punish them but you want to strengthen those people, find out where your weakness is in your congregation and strengthen it. That's why we have different classes for different levels of people to strengthen everyone to come up because the enemy is going to come in through the weakest people, we think. And we think that because a person standing in the pulpit or standing in the front, that he's strong. But in actuality, that might be one of the weakest people. He may have knowledge of the Torah, but still, when it comes to application, he might be one that's fallen. You see? So just because a person looks a certain way or walks a certain way or holds a certain position does not necessarily mean that is the strongest or the most faithful person or the person that walked by Abrahamic faith, okay? That's why it says the Lord searched the heart of men. He knows our heart. Uh -huh. So we search out for the strong. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why um, in the advanced, when we have the advanced class, those that come in first to get in there and, and stay, those are ones, you know, because I don't know, what the anointing is upon your life. I don't know, you may be a prophet. You know, you may be uh, in that spirit of, of prophecy and, and you can do the miracles. I don't know, only the Lord knows your heart. So when you come to the class, when you come to the class, you're in the class and I lock the doors, nobody else can come in. Those that are there at the supper, there may be one there that has that anointing that is there equipped to, ex to receive all of the receiving as they get that closeness to the Father through our prayer and our studies. In the spiritual realm, remember what we mean? When we say, when you pray, you bring that closeness so that there can be a transference of anointing and understanding from the Father directly to you in the spiritual realm, okay? When we're praying, when we're in our classes and we're opening up the Torah in there, even in there, we are mixed multitude. And I don't know who it is, but there's somebody there that can receive. And when we're in this teaching, so right now, in this class, as we're going now, as we're exposing, explaining, and, and having conversation, there's some people here that are listening, that are able to receive, again, because they, they enter into that closeness of relationship with Athena the Shabbat Shamayim, our father in heaven, and he is a bestower, and so he bestows that anointing upon them, and they're able to walk forward with that, in that anointing, not being afraid of what other people say or what other people think, but operating in the anointing. They call, and that's why they call the prophets the crazy ones or the, the strange ones, because 
We are strange and we are different from the rest of the people. And emotionally, a lot of times it doesn't appear that we have emotion, but in fact, it's just the opposite. We actually feel what you feel. When, and, and it's a whole different arena. And so we teach the Torah and its principles and the closeness of relationship with the Father. And we use these parashot, these parashot, the parashot that we go through every week to pull out those spiritual concepts that are applicable to us today. We try, we attempt to do that, and we attempt to do it in such a way that it will anger some, it will comfort some, and it will cause others to be lifted up. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what happens. Some people will get angry because it's going to touch against what they've been taught. That's a good thing. Because uh -huh. there's an awakening coming. Uh -huh. There's an awakening coming. Okay. That, that chapter 11 talks about the elders. That's uh, uh, 11 and 16. Uh, I didn't share my screen, but I'm looking at it right now. My, uh, my, my Torah scroll. Okay. So um, now chapter 12, uh, I'm, I'm doing it for the sake of time. I'm moving pretty fast. You should be studying this, but chapter 12, Lashon Hara, starts off with Miriam and Aaron, Lashon Hara. Now they knew better. Yeah. Again, some people say, and, and I quote, Easter spoke about this in the beginning. Lashon Hara is, is, is a terrible thing and it causes disease, it causes sickness, it causes division in the camp, uh, it causes failure. And we must be aware of Lashon Hurrah. Akota uh, Liska, the teacher about Lashon Hurrah, she will not touch it. She will not. If you start talking about somebody else, she will back out. She's out of it. I mean, automatic, because she understands the power of Lashon Hurrah. So Lashon Hurrah is, why... is gossip, is what he's saying. But go ahead, Rabbi. Yeah, it is gossip. It's, mm -hmm. it's when we speak derogatorily about people and things, we shouldn't be discussing. Yeah, it's, and it hurts our community. It hurts our community, it hurts our family, it hurts our businesses. And Lashon Hara, by the way, is the way that we talk to each other and about each other. We bring curses upon each other based upon what we say. We cause divisions by the things that we say to each other and about each other. We have to be very careful. Lashon Hara is a very powerful instrument of the other side. And Lashon Hara is how the other side is able to attack the tree of life, the Torah. When I say the tree of life, I'm talking about Torah. And so Lashon Hara is able to, to weaken your Torah walk. Be, and, and for those that are reaching the level of, 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 of prophecy, it'll cause your prophecy to go to the other side because the, the power that is on your, your word is there. But remember, Remember what it was like for Moshe Rabbeinu when he came up against the, ma the magicians in Egypt. And remember, it was the father that said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to destroy. It. He said, I'm going to do it because that's how powerful it is in the spiritual realm. The father said, there's something he has to do. And he said, I'm going to come in at midnight and destroy the gods of Egypt or their firstborn, meaning the most powerful ones. 
okay? So that's that's how the power of Lashon Hurrah is just like that. It is like that. It, 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 will, it will cause us issues that should never be there. And, and basically it's because of something that we have said. Uh -huh. Guard your tongue. The Gospel of James talks about it. It says the tongue. Uh -huh. Go read the Gospel of James. You understand, well, what's the rabbi doing talking about? Hey, hey, we study the whole Bible, as you call it. We, we studied the Torah, the Tanakh, and we studied the Basora, the letters, which is the, the Brit HaDashah or the Renewed Covenant. We studied those things. And remember, I was a pastor for over 15 years. Uh -huh. And remember, right. I just told you I was ordained in the churches of God and Christ. So I'm versed in what you call the New Testament. Great. Again, uh -huh. which is not, you know, the Renewed Covenant. So a lot of times I'll say things from there, but the, remember the foundation, what I'm saying comes from the Torah. All right. So when you, and, and when you understand the spiritual aspects of the Torah, then you will begin to understand the Brit HaDashah. Because right now, if you don't have the foundation, there, there are concepts that are brought forward in the Brit HaDashah that will make you think you don't need to be circumcised. But will make you think you don't need a Torah. Will make you think that the Torah has got you under bondage of the law. Those are concepts in the in the Brit Hadashah that you shouldn't even be studying until you know the Torah, because then you'll say, "Well, I don't need it because I got this," which is a, a slightness again comes from the other side. It mm -hmm. comes from the other side because you don't understand the foundation of the Torah or the foundation of the Besora where it comes from. And so you're able to be led astray, even using, what did this, what did this say? In the, listen to this concept that's laid down in the, and I'm going to stop it right here, but I want you to get this. No, go ahead and like, preach. Somebody been talking to you. Keep preaching. Come, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. When you went in the garden of Eden, and this is the foundation, this is where the foundation comes from. In the garden, it says, you know, and the serpent was there and he was more subtle than any other beast. And he said to the woman, did he say that you were going to die if you took, partook of the, the ways of the world? He subtly did it. And he was talking about the way, he was talking about the other side, the, as we call it, the tree of what? Good and evil. That's the other side. But when he says, but on the Torah, it says, I got to keep this from them because they're going to take of what? The tree of life and die, right? And live forever in their world system. So he said, I'm gonna take the Torah away from them. I don't take it out of them, keep them away from them. He put it something, he kicked them out. He actually had to kick them out because of what they did after they destroyed it. But the concept is this, he took part of the Torah and distorted it and made it sound good. That's why she said it was pleasing to the ears and, and pleasing to the taste, you know. Because that's what he takes the Torah and, and, uh, and then corrupts it and makes that corruption, that Lashon Hurrah, the Lashon Hurrah, the evil tongue, he twists the Torah, right? And it sounds good to you because it's appealing to your senses and your sense of taste, touch, smell, the natural portion of you instead of the spiritual side. And he perverts it. So he says, you don't need, now you don't need the Torah, because it puts you in bondage. Why? Because it makes you realize that you have a choice to make. The Torah gives you choices. 
which is your freedom. You can choose to obey the Torah or the good and evil. That's where your freedom, that's where your power comes in. You see, but they've taken that, that concept and they've used it. The enemy has used it. And he's taken all of our brothers that have accepted Mashiach and told them, now that you have this, you don't need the Torah. When in fact, you can't have Torah. You can't have Mashiach without the Torah because you can't separate Mashiach from the Torah. If you believe what it says, that the world was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, then how can you divide? He says, Yeshua says, a house divided cannot stand. How can the father's house be divided? How can you say you don't need the, the foundation of the world and then have his son? And how can you say that all of his sins are rest upon me, but then you reject the thing that reveals to you that it will keep you in line with his word. He takes it and he makes it sound good to you and it gives you the, the, the musical instruments but it will open up you to the spiritual realm and cause you to dwell over on the other side unbeknownst that he has by Lashon Hurrah distorted you and kept you from the Torah of your life. He says, Israel is my son, even my firstborn son. That didn't change. It hasn't changed. You see, what the enemy has done is said, my son says, you don't have to keep the seventh day. But because I rose on the first day, you'll keep that instead. That'll be your Sabbath day. So again, as they said, we can have, you know, what they'll tell you is, oh, it's okay to have funerals on, on the, and I, I'm using this because we do this, right? We discuss it. We can have a funeral on the Sabbath day because our day is the first day. You see what I'm saying? What he has done by the subtleness of his tongue, he has he is, he is perverted what is the Torah. Uh -huh. He has perverted it. And it's in your face. But then he sends his prophet to tell you, come back to the Torah and you will see the truth and the truth will make you free. You distort and say, well, that ain't what the, the preacher told me. Premium. We don't need that. You're putting us in bondage. And that is a that is the Lashon Rara that is talking about here in the Torah. He came to twist the word. And when you stand against Moshe Rebellion, you he said, I will send a prophet amongst you just like Moses, going to say what Moses said. Who's going to do it? He said, listen to him. Now, I'm not talking about me now, by the way. I'm not talking about me, right? But it says it. When someone comes and brings you the Torah, you listen to him. That's what he's saying. When the, when the Torah teachers come, he's coming in the line of Moshe Rabino. Listen to him. That's what he's saying, because he is not going to steer you away from the Torah. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. If I tell you you don't need the Torah, then run from me and anyone that will tell you that. It's so fast. It's so bad that it said that I, I'm going to pray for you because you lost because you don't have JC. How can you have JC and not have Torah? When you're in the Torah, you're in Mashiach. This is it from the foundation of the world. When you have the Torah, which is the tree of life, you have Mashiach. You can't have Torah without Mashiach. Then on the other side, I got people saying, but, but understanding the battle 
you know, the battle that's going on, uh, how the enemy, the adversary has caused the division and the people that, you know, that belong, actually belong to the Torah, separated from the Torah, made a war between brothers. Breaks my heart to see us fighting amongst ourselves when we're all striving for the same thing, to be in the presence of the Father, to listen to the teachings and the guy being guided by the Messiah. Oh, that we would just put down our swords and pick up the Torah of truth and let the Messiah reign in our lives every day. We don't, it's, it's such an easy thing to do. But at the same time, I guess it's hard when you've been brought up and conditioned against the Torah of life. So I have compassion and I, I understand where you are. But I plead to you, come back to the Torah. Listen to the voice of the Ruach HaKodesh, because there's no division. But the Mashiach and the Torah, there's no division. Uh, I, that's my appeal to you. Come back to the Torah of life. Come back. Come back. I'm, I'm going to stop right there because we got, uh, I'm going over time. <laughs> stop Thank you so much, Rabbi Afshalom. Ben Yaakov for that, that powerful message. And, you, and you're right on point with what's going on in, in people's lives and in my life. We got to be careful on what we say. And God puts us in positions. We don't put ourselves in positions. Me, this little host position. God, are Yahweh put me here? And when you start going to another level, there's an attack. And so we have to be aware of the attack and we have to guard what we say and what we do and how we present ourselves. And, and when, we, when we get it wrong, we have to go back and repent and get it right and start over again. That's all we can do as long as we have breath in our body. The Torah, he read from the Torah, the tree of life. That's what the Torah is, the tree of life, our beginning. It's our beginnings, it's our truth, it's what we stand on, it's our foundation. And we thank you for that word. Um, anybody have any questions or anything um, to say before we uh, do our closing prayer? Uh, yeah, I have a, a number of questions for you, Rabbi. Thank you for that teaching, that was uh, enlightening, I appreciate it. Um, so let me start, I have a couple questions here. I first want to talk about an experience uh, I had while in Israel. So while in Israel, um, we were in this shop. Um, what's the lady's, na lady's name, Mom, that we got the painting from? Max. We, we were in the shop with this lady, Max. And, uh, you know, one of her friends came and Max spoke English and she was able to kind of translate. But the, the other woman, she only spoke Hebrew, uh, older lady that was unmarried. And, you know, by... Um, by our tradition here in America, you know, us as Hebrews in America, we love to hug when we meet somebody or, you know, at least extend a hand, something to, to touch somebody and, you know, welcome them. And so, uh, you know, we met this lady and I reached out to give her a hug 
and it was as if I offended her. It was like the worst thing in the world. Um, and she like jumped back and put her hands up and was like, no. And I was like, you know, it's kind of awkward because I didn't know what was going on. Mm. And then Max explained to me that unmarried women will not touch any man for fear of being uh, tainted or having a transfer come on to them and them being unclean. And so when you were talking about that today, I was, it just, it, it, it struck me and I was like, wow, you know, I would never even have thought that deeply about it. Um, but it makes sense what you were saying today in that the touching or laying of the hands transfers spirits. Have you encountered that before with uh, Israelites or Hebrews? Um, I haven't. Okay. No, I haven't. No, no. Yeah. I, I know the, the custom, you know, that's, it's really a custom, right? Um, and it goes even deeper than that to the covering of the face. All that stuff is, is our custom. It's African culture. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and so that thing that we haven't been taught up, uh, taught, in our growing up, because we grew up in Babylon, that if you, if you want to know, watch, watch the Muslim, uh-huh. and you'll see a lot of it. Watch those that are in Israel that never, that, that have been there for, you know, since the destruction of the temple. And there are people there, they don't look like the Europeans, but they've been there since the destruction. Watch them in their culture and you'll see how it's, you know, Yemenites, uh, you know, uh, you'll find that it's, yeah, it's, it's there. It's, and then, and there's, a, it's been passed on from generation to generation, something that we have lost. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating, but you know, it, 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 it made sense when you got to thinking about it, but I thought that was fascinating. And my other question is, can those spirits, so, you know, those spirits can be transferred through the laying of hands. Can those spirits be transferred through something as simple as a handshake? Can that transfer those spirits onto you? I think I think uh, you're muted, right, bye. Okay, uh, say that say that again. I was I had a disturbance going. My granddaughter. <laughs> uh, no worries at all. Um, the spirit can be transferred through the laying of hands. Could the spirit also be transferred through something as simple as a handshake? Yes. Yes, because uh, and and that's shown in the when they put their hands on the goat's heads, when uh, spirits can attach themselves, you know, uh, can be transferred, depending on the power of the individual. And, and again, even in the continent of Africa proper, they still have that. Uh-huh. Okay, on the continent, they because they understand the power of the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. transfer through objects as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. Those spirits can be transferred in almost any kind of way. You think of the story of the spirits being transferred onto the the pigs. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any. Nicole, Lisa, you're frozen. Okay, and so uh, she's frozen. Can everybody hear me? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to go ahead and um, move forward. I, and uh, Occult Daniels, if you can go ahead and do our closing prayer. Well, before that, before that, I had a few more questions. <laughs> I had a few more questions. Okay. Go go ahead. Let me unmute the rabbi. Okay. Um, and rabbi, you know, I was uh, listening to a sermon in, in, in church the other day 
and uh, it was a sermon on, he was talking about rest. And it was interesting because he mentioned the Sabbath and mentioned the seventh day and said, you know, this is how it's established in the Bible. Uh, but then went on, and of course, this is on a Sunday, then went on to say, but we get our rest on Sunday, as long as you take a rest in the week, as long as you have, it, it was almost as if you're reducing it down to like, it can be any day. Uh, but the pattern is here. And he even mentioned the pattern, you know, from Genesis, but then went on to say it can be Mr. Griff, you're going out too. Yeah. I know what he's saying. I, I, I know what he's saying. Yeah, that's, that's again, that's the subtlety of the deception. You see, that's how they use the subtlety of the, they use some truth and then and mix a whole lot of untruth in there. And that's, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate because there are a lot of, there's a lot of good that is done in the churches. But again, you know, when you know the you don't know the truth, they can feed you that stuff, and it sounds good, tastes good, but it's not the truth. Again, again, remember what we say: some things are truly stated, but they're not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He got he got he having um, computer issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that's going on here. You know what that is, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> got a code at least, and then it got him too. Yeah. 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 You know what okay, that is. Mm -hmm. uh, Sister Daniels, if you can go ahead and do the closing prayer. Mm -hmm. Well, I kept hearing in my spirit as Rabbi was speaking was just Shema, Shema, Be glorified in all the heavens and earth. Who is like you, oh, among the gods? Who is like you? Yeah, there is none else. You are awesome in praise. Doing wonders, oh Lord, doing wonders, oh Lord. We glorify your name as we come before you. We give you praise. May it, let there be glory, honor, and praise unto you, O Most High. Alvino Mahino, we come before your presence. 
asking, oh Father, that you would look upon your children with favor, that you would cover them and that you would protect them and that you would, Lord, help them to walk this walk, to keep your Torah, to keep your commandments, to be true to your word, to let your Ruach HaKodesh rest in them, that they might be willing to serve you, that they might be able to serve you truthfully. For you said that you seeketh such now through your servant, Yeshua HaMashiach, you seeketh those who worship you in spirit and in truth, those who will walk as you said to walk. For the truest worship we have is the walk that we walk. Oh yeah, but Lord, we need you. We need you to show us the way. We need you to teach us the way. And you have blessed us with a teacher. You have blessed us with many ministers that are sharing what you have revealed to them so that we might be able to more excellently walk this way. So as you are showing, as you are leading, as you are guiding, yes. please, oh, please, oh, Father, let your people hear. Please, oh, please, oh, Father, let them obey. For you said, be ye not hearers only, but doers of the words that we hear. And so we pray that they would seek your face, turn from their wicked ways. Oh, Father, that they will begin to hear what you're saying unto them and that they would obey so that the land can be healed, so that the people can be healed. For what is the land without the healing of the nations? We pray, oh Yah, this day for the healing of the nations. Oh, that you would do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Yes, Lord. Go beyond the limitations, oh Father, of the words of my mouth, but yet let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And let that be so for the children of Israel also. Oh, Father, we pray and we come before you. Oh, Father, that we might learn to love one another with a brotherly love and affection. Oh, Father, as we once did, that we will begin to, oh God, have our hearts mended, that we will begin to have our souls renewed, our minds renewed, that we will return, oh Father, as in the days of old, that we will hear, just as they said before Moshe, all that he says we will hear and obey that this will be the cry of our hearts once more, that we will hear, that we will be blessed. Yes. May you bless and keep them. May you cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. We pray these things. Mishem Yeshua Hamashim. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Dan, for the beautiful prayer. We thank you all for tuning in. People have uh, poured out their hearts to you today at the congregation, the Hebrew congregation of Houston. Um, we know that everybody's going through something, but you must continue to fight. You must continue to fight for the Torah. You must continue to fight for your sanity. You must continue to fight to know who you are and the power. But God, he has the final say, and there's victory in Yahweh. There's victory in Yahshua. There's victory in his word. There's victory in the Torah. Continue even though sometimes it looks like the devil's winning, he's not. Do not let him have your smile. You wake up and you keep fighting because God has use for you. He loves you. He has not left you. We leave him. He never leaves you nor forsake you. He's waiting on you. 
at the dirtiest and lowest you can go, he's still there for you and he forgives you. We ask that you share, we ask that you tune in and we'll keep fighting. Every Saturday when we come on, we're fighting. We thank you and we love you. Shalom. 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 Shalom.